thank you for joining for this episode of the Techspective podcast. Uh, my guest is uh, Kumar Vikramjit from Adobe. So, uh, Kumar, if you could give some background on yourself and, and what you do at Adobe, that would be great. Yeah, sure. So, thanks, Tony, for having me. Uh, I'm Kumar. So, I work as a, a senior security engineer in Adobe Threat Hunting team. And uh, I've been working with this team for a few years now. So uh, right now, there are not many uh, companies that have a threatened team. So it uh, really helps Adobe to be above the curve. So just to give a little bit of uh, background about me. So I've started my career from uh, Bangalore. So in Bangalore, India, I was working as a software uh, engineer. And uh, I was always interested in security. Uh, information security. So uh, then I decided to do a master's and uh, I came to US to pursue my master's in information security. Uh, so I did that from uh, Carnegie Mellon University, Pittsburgh. And uh, since after graduating, I've been working with Adobe since then. So I think it's been seven years uh, or about to be seven years. And uh, yeah, it's been a good uh, working experience at Adobe. And I've been involved with various projects that involve security engineering, machine learning, uh, automation, and uh, threat hunting. So yeah, uh, it's been great. And uh, yeah, it's, I feel lucky to be a part of the hunting team because there are not many uh, companies that are really investing uh, their effort in this field. Okay, well, I, I wanted to have you on because of uh, a blog post you, you uh, wrote recently um, dealing with um, behavioral analytics, um, uh, specifically, um, you know, UEBA. Uh, so to start with, I guess, you know, can you, for the listeners, just kind of explain like what 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 is the acronym UEBA stand for and just like a, a high level overview of like what is UEBA? Okay. So UABA stands for User and Entity Behavior Analytics. And uh, in general, it's a cybersecurity process that uses machine learning and data statistics to identify unusual activity pertaining to a user or it can be entity. So entity is a broader term. Uh, IP can be entity, assets, devices, all of those stuff. Since router uh, can be an entity. So it's about uh, right. finding unusual activity pertaining to a uh, user or entity. So that's that's it in a nutshell. Okay. So I I understand this, but again, for, for, for the listeners, um, you know, I guess, you know, just a, a, a little overview um, from you on how does that play into cybersecurity? How does UEBA help me be more secure? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So, so right now in security sector, there are a uh, lot many tools that offer different capabilities. And also we have different platforms or tools that needs that developers use or tester use to support uh, their workflow or whatever task they have to achieve, right? And uh, because of all these tools, you get like plethora of logs coming to a same solution. Uh, like uh, whatever security teams are using to detect uh, incidents or threats. So 
at the at the end of the day it becomes very hard for a security analyst to really identify what actually uh, is something that they should look into and security teams they don't have infinite resources right there is a limited number of people who are working uh, in the team so yeah so to tackle uh, so many logs coming into their queue they have to like, prioritize what they need to work on and uh, so they build static rules to look into it uh, so that might be affected that might be effective in some cases but not uh, in most of the cases so what ubi helps us and it helps us in trying to minimize the scope of the detection so there might be some priority cases that you want to look into so it really helps in prioritizing those use cases what you want to look into and uh, then drilling down the alerts more by doing some additional steps like enrichment and uh, correlation of alerts from different uh, log sources so doing correlation in a same solution is it's hard but uh, doing it in a platform like a uab it is far more easier because you can see uh, alert generators from where it, the alert is actually coming and that helps you in correlating it for, for it further so it really helps you in bridging the gap between traditional tools that we have in place uh, okay. yeah all right so you know, yeah i mean basically yeah, as, as as is implied in the in the in the name sort of um it, it, it's like your 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 UABA is allowing you to kind of automate this process of of looking for anomalous activity. So like I'm based in Houston, and if I worked at Adobe, you would know. Okay, Tony logs in from Houston, and from a UABA perspective, you might you know it, it would be a it would be a point of interest if all of a sudden I logged in from you know Berlin, Germany, or you might know that my device that I log in from every day when I'm working is a Windows 11 laptop, and all of a sudden I'm logging in from a Linux machine, that might be something that would raise some suspicions. Is, I mean, is that kind of the right track? Yeah, that's that's what uh, UAB aims to do. And uh, so this is a scenario for a user. So basically what you're explaining is like unusual login for a user. Uh, so there can be additional uh, use cases that we might want to tackle, so say, uh, your login coming from a Tor IP or say uh, IP that is known to have uh, some relation to malware, right? Or phishing links. So there are uh, domains which host phishing sites. And if we see like related user activity coming from those kinds of IPs or domains, we have like we have to raise some suspicion, right? So that we can act upon that. So yeah, so. This is like a user scenario. Similarly, there can be IP scenario uh, that is uh, that is the entity and only detection part. So say there is an IP which is uh, trying to connect to say hundreds of other devices. So it can be a part of like lateral movement uh, stage of uh, uh, intrusion. So yeah, so similarly, if you try to catch that, it will help us in, uh, uh, in, in catching the intrusion when it is actually happening. Okay. So in in a pre in previous podcasts, I've actually talked with, um, you know, uh, I, I, and I'm not going to remember the name off the top of my head, but I've done a previous podcast with Adobe on the topic of zero trust. And so I was just thinking, like, does this tie in to that? 
you know, does this because you know, I like basically sort of like what's the next step of you have this UEBA data and you know you're you're look you're looking at all this data, you're identifying, okay, that seems weird, that seems weird. I am assuming there's some kind of a scoring where you're saying, okay, if I have enough of these weird things, now now I'm going to raise, you know, an alert or a, uh, I'm going I'm to actually do something. I, I'm going to trigger an action based on there's, you know, there's too many anomalous things going on here. Um, but you also have to kind of balance the, okay, Tony's not logging in from Houston. You know, that's that's suspicious. With okay, but Tony also needs to be productive. So you don't want to just block me every time you see one one anomalous thing. There has to be some sort of a scoring system, I'm assuming, and some sort of an automated, you know, some sort of a connection, a uh, tie-in with like a zero trust type environment or like a you know MFA uh, type situation where you're somehow triggering and saying, okay, you know what, th th this seems anomalous. Let's trigger a, a multi-factor authentication you know, and make Tony prove that he's Tony. Is that, I mean, is that how it works? I'm, I'm, I'm speculating. <laughs> yeah, so, so let me go back a little bit. So there are, there are two terms that are uh, sort of very similar. One is UBA and one is UABA. So UBA is precursor to UABA and UABA has been there for, I think, far longer than UABA. So UBA stands for User Behavior Analytics. UABA right. stands for User and Entity Behavior Analytics. So these uh, terms were defined by Gartner, I think, a few years back. Uh, so when you're talking about user behavior uh, anomaly detection, we have been doing that for some time, and that was a different project uh, that is successfully running for, I think, a uh, few years now in our uh, in our network. So, and we are using that Intel in our current UABA project. So we are like trying to encompass our uh, intelligence together. So say a scenario when we detect a uh, user activity, like suspicious activity going on. So what happens is we alert the user. So it's similar to what we, what Dropbox does or Google does. So you are coming from say, unknown location, right? So, so say suddenly you visited, uh, you log in for a different country, like say India, and you always log in from US, right? So Google will alert you that it looks like uh, you are from unusual location, right? So something similar we try to do. And like we have to get user confirmation like most of the time. So in this project also, you have to make sure you get uh, user feedback about whether it is really them or not them. So that adds a lot of uh, useful context to the alert, right? And uh, other than that, like some alerts that they have high fidelity uh, suspicion. So you know, uh, like with a good accuracy that this looks like something uh, bad going on there. So assume there's a login from uh, Nigeria or like Bangladesh where the user is not supposed to be, right? So. Uh, those activities can be directly sent to a security analyst and they'll look into it. But for some alert that looks suspicious, but it might not be. In that cases, we have to get feedback from the user. So that's how we balance it out. So it depends like uh, what's, the, what's the alert looks like. If it is highly, looks like highly malicious and we have seen such logins coming in the past. And so we'll directly send it to SOC. And if it is like maybe suspicion, maybe suspicious, 
and it is worth asking the user then like we just contact the user and get the info okay um in your blog post and you know for for the listeners i will link to and reference the blog post uh, you know along with this podcast um you list out like kind of six elements or six steps that make up um your ueba framework um can you walk through those yeah yeah sure so it's these are the six stages uh which basically uh comprises the entire ueba framework so the first one is a uh, use case so before you start working uh, in ueba you have to think about what's your uh prioritized threat models look threat models looks like so different company have uh different goals and there are certain things that uh that are like crown jewels for them to protect right so for a financial company it might be something different they might have a different threat models for a technology company it can be different for uh say hospitals or companies who are working in healthcare they might have something different that they want to protect right so yeah so every company might have their own situation what they want to which what they want to detect so and these threat models that we define these can be converted into use cases so use cases are uh detection rules that can identify certain suspicious or malicious activity going on so for example for example uh, assume that we have a use case where we want to uh alert a login coming from high risk countries which we know uh like most of the attackers originate like say russia or or maybe uh from china so we know that there are some uh hackers that are trying to into the network so these we can have a use case like that if you want to tackle and so this is a use case part and once you have the use case you have to so the next stage is a uh, data source so you will have to get a data what you which will be uh where you will apply a particular use case right so the data are mostly stored uh, in a seen platform so it can be uh, it can be splunk it can be datadog or logstash so there are a uh, lot many seen platform there so what do we basically do we get the data uh, from the seen solution and we have to minimize it as per the use case so in general platforms and tools they generate a lot of data and uh, we need to only scope it as per the threat model what we are interested in so that's what uh, the data step does so it just basically application of that use case and uh, for our use case we divided the log types uh, into five major type so those are application authentication network uh, host and cloud so these are the five types that we came up with for some other company it, they can have like 10 types or maybe 20 types like whatever they're interested in and what however they want to scope the anomalies uh so after this we have uh, analytics stage so in analytics we deal with uh, anomaly generation using machine learning and data data statistics so for us we already had a tool which does this for us so i think in 2021 we released a project uh called osas so this is a open sourced uh, anomaly generation uh engine 
So we just use that. We already had that, and we use that uh, engine to generate anomalies for all the use cases that we have. And we use like for use cases in a practical way. We use a term called pipeline. So pipeline is just something that is uh, implementing different stages uh, of UABA. So anomaly generation is one stage. Data grooming is one stage, right? So these are machine learning steps that needs to be performed. So yeah, so after you generate anomalies in analytics stage, then you have to go uh, around refining those anomalies and filtering out false positive, whatever we can. So after that, there is a correlation stage that comes and then enrichment and detection. So in correlation, we try to correlate different anomalies. So if you just generate anomalies, you will we will have the same issue that we had earlier. That is like too many anomalies and too many alerts. So we have to curtail the number of anomalies that we deal with, right? So we'll try to correlate uh, anomalies from different uh, use cases or pipelines. So assume that there is a anomaly for a user from uh, a cloud use case, and there is another anomaly coming from authentication use case, right? So when you look at both of these together, they might tell you a story about a, a incident that might be happening in your network. So it's very important to correlate them. And uh, once you correlate, then we get to the enrichment step. So enrichment is important for filtering out false positive alerts. So in enrichment, we look for trusted data that we have in our network. So we know like we have certain data sources that we completely trust, like say IP access data. And there are some trusted IPs that we know that belongs to our company. So if user is coming, there is certain level of trust that this, this might not be malicious. This is like a benign traffic. Uh, so that step we do enrichment and finally the detection. So in detection, we uh we try to score the anomalies so that we have certain uh, scoring methodology going on. So for scoring, we look at the age of the anomaly. We look at the diversity of use cases uh, at which uh, this particular user generated uh, anomalies. And we also look at the severity of alert. And these can be tuned as we go. These are not like a static uh, value. Uh, yeah, so once we have detection done, then uh, this can be sent to a SOC analyst or a security analyst. They will look into the alert and they will give good feedback. So once they have feedback, once we have the feedback, then we'll go around and we'll try to improve uh, our anomaly detection process and improve the model so that we filter out false positive if we are seeing. So yeah, that's okay. how the six stages. Uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, I wanted to touch real quick on the, on the correlation part as uh, the kind of the importance of that from my perspective you know and not not being a, an expert in in this in in this field by any stretch but just from the perspective of alert fatigue and noise that you know like if you if you didn't do something like clustering the anomalies by entity and you had an entity, you know, that, you know like I'll just I'll stick with, you know, that I'm normally in Houston and, and now I'm in Berlin. It's like if you start to see, OK, well, Tony logged in from Berlin, Tony's laptop logged in from Berlin, Tony, you know, you know, you know I access an application from Berlin. like every if, if every single thing I do raises another alert about, oh, that's weird. That's coming from Berlin this time. 
that gets noisy really quickly. Like you need the system to be able to say, yes, that, 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 that is actually all the same thing. That's, a, that's actually all one thing. Tony and his laptop are in Berlin. Yeah, yeah, that, that completely makes sense. So yeah, so correlating and enrichment, they're like very important step. If we don't do, then SOC analyst or user may get drowned in number of alerts. And we basically want a cumulative picture what the user is doing. And if there is an attacker in the network, we need to know a cumulative picture. So right. uh, say in a phishing scenario, so you'll see a phishing link getting dropped uh, in a user's email inbox and user clicks on it. So each of these activities uh, is getting logged, right? And you can catch it in different use cases. And next user gets compromised after the share credential with uh, untrusted party. So this also gets uh, recorded somewhere. And next, you see attacker login from an unusual location. So there's a series of events that happens, right? right? Uh, so you can't alert on all of these. You have to look at the complete picture. And when you look at the combined picture, so this is one series of use case. Another, there can be another use case for cloud uh, compromise. There can be another one for, say, a device compromise or insider threat. Uh, so it, it really helps in looking at the big picture and then uh, reaching to a conclusion. So if you give a complete picture to a SOC, go ahead. No, well, I was just going to say, I think that, that the, it's a, a very good segue into the the, the next thing that, that kind of popped into my head, which is, do you have control over sort of the 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 aperture of this? And, you know, can you configure it to make it more permissive or stricter? You know, like, I, I, and I'm assuming like, you know, and actually I'm going to assume the answer is yes, kind of based on the way you described the six, um, you know, steps or whatever, because, you know, it, it went, once you kind of go through all of it, all, the whole thing, and you then go back and analyze and say, okay, well, how did, how did, how did it work? Um, I would assume that, you know, part of the point is to say, okay, well, did we have any false positives? Did we have any false negatives? Like, you know, where 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 do we need to tweak this so that we, you know, get a more accurate understanding of what's a real threat? Yeah, yeah. So we can tune it uh, in at various levels. So it can be tuned at a place where we are generating anomalies. So as I uh, told earlier, we are using OSAS for as an anomaly detection engine. So at that engine itself we can uh, tune what we really call uh, anomaly. So there is there are certain labels that are defined uh, in OSA's anomaly detection engine, uh, which, uh, which can define what really pops up as a anomaly, right? So you can define there that uh, if these events or these data fields appear, say, 0.1% uh, in the log, that's what I regard as unusual activity. We can make it 2%, we can make it 1%, we can make it 0.5%. So depending on the alerts that we get, so that is, uh, we can, that's what we can tune at the anomaly detection stage. Uh, we can do that, we can filter out anomalies at later stage also when we are doing enrichment uh, and correlation and scoring. So in scoring also, you can think about, uh, we are seeing a lot of uh, alerts for this particular cloud account, but we know that uh, this is a management account and uh, um, or a particular activity is operational activity going on. So this needs to be just uh, whitelisted. So we can define those things. Okay. Um, all right. 
Um, I don't think I, I, I don't have any other questions. I mean, if there's any parting thoughts you want to share, um, that would that would be fine and great. If there's a question you 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 hoped I I would ask that I didn't get to, um, I think this sounds, you know, it, it sounds like the kind of thing that that organizations need because like you know, like we've talked about in a couple of different ways, there's so much, there's such an overwhelming volume of data, and there's so much noise, and it's so easy to get overwhelmed with uh, information that you need something to be able to automate and filter down to say, okay, but you know, this, this is something you should actually pay attention to. Like, you know, this, this you know, you don't have to focus on all this stuff, but at, at least look at these things. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, information overload is uh, a major problem right now uh, in the security realm. So there are a lot many platforms that generate an alert, and uh, it really becomes hard for a security analyst to look upon, and that might delay uh, incident detection, or we might not be able to detect at all. So, say after three months, uh, when a, a customer got compromised, you came to know about a particular issue that is going on, right? So that is like a very delayed response when uh, attacker already did the work that he was planning to. And so that happens mostly because we were not able to look at a particular alert on time. Uh, so UBA helps in that. So UBA really trying is, so not many companies are working on UBA solution. Like there are some commercial tools that are available, but they might not fit uh, in a particular corporate structure because people use different SIEM solution. They use different uh, EDR solutions. So you need something uh, that can talk to all of these different tools and uh, def and give you the intel that you want. So, so in in our case, we chose to have our own UAB solution because we can uh, we can be flexible uh, about the threat uh, detection that we want to have in our platform, and uh, it really helped us in trying to uh, bridge the gap between different uh, tools that we have. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to join me. Thanks, Tony. I appreciate you investing your time to listen to the podcast, but I also invite you to engage on social media. Uh, please go like our Facebook page and follow at Techspective on Twitter and Instagram. You can feel free to let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like, let me know if you love it, let me know if it sucks, and uh, let me know what products you'd like to see reviewed or what uh, questions you'd like to see answered in future posts.